0: All right. Uh, so for a wee conversation here, um, I have joining me this week, I've got Mike Spink, Mike Mackey, and Julia McNeil, who are all part of uh, Gullen Athletic. Um, Gullen is where I've grown up and where I have recently moved back to and played football growing up as a kid. And like we just said before we, we started recording, guys, you know, me and my friends didn't have that in Gullen. And you guys have kind of created a, a great little... Um, you know, community club thing here, which which I think is fantastic, and a lot of people should hear about. So I wanted to get you guys on and have a conversation. So thank thanks for the three of you for coming on to join me. I appreciate it.
1: Looking, Looking forward to it.
0: No, no problem. problem. No problem at all. So I don't know who wants to I don't know who wants to answer this first question. Uh, it's a question for all of you. Whoever wants to take it first can go. But you know, how how did you guys kind of get into you know football as kids? And then how did that kind of progress into, you know, doing what you're doing now with going athletic?
1: Can you boys remember that far back?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I
1: don't, uh, neither of my parents were sporty and uh, 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 getting into football, I think it was literally back in those days, you didn't, you didn't really watch TV or play computer games or anything like that. Mm. It was literally, there was a patch of grass the other side of the road and you would just walk out your front door with a jumper on and a football under your arm and you would spend pretty much the whole day there. Um, I would even get up early to go to school to be the first one in the playground and you used to start one-on-one and then the next kids came and it was two-on-two and then it was three-on-three and you would build a game until school started. Um, And that's all I remember about football is literally playing it all the time. I once, once tried pitch and putt and once tried tennis when I was younger. Right. Maybe after Wimbledon or something like that, but <laughs> um, really
2: short-lived. It was always, always playing football. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, um, I think my earliest memory of, of football was with my, my grandfather in in our uh, back garden um, and heading the ball back and forth with him. Um, and he was he was in this football in a big way. He um, he worked in the railway, mm. and he used to go down to the Scotland England games at Wembley. And I were talking, you know, you were talking about the 1950s and then the sixties, he was doing that. Mm. So he he introduced me to football. My dad wasn't so much in football, but he, he certainly um he certainly encouraged me to, to play. Um we went along to watch some Miss Cali every second Saturday up in, in Inverness. Um and and whilst he wasn't uh, um as much the football as as my grandfather, he uh, he certainly saw how much I liked it, and he, um, you know, he encouraged me to play. And he actually ran a, a team um, for our, our estate. Um, so um, that's that was how I sort of got into football. And very similar to, to what Mike was saying, we didn't have computers at that time. Mm. Um, we were outside playing football from 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 morning to night, and and came in when you were hungry, and that was it. Brilliant.
3: Yeah, I was the same. I had a, my brother was two years younger than me, and that was what we did, as well as fight, fighting each other in between times. It was uh, playing football in the back garden, down the park. As Mike said, you took a ball to school and you know, played at lunchtime. You played after school. Uh, tended to be in concrete then rather than in blaze, which was what the, the, I guess we call ash pitches. Um, mm. And you were lucky if you got on a grass pitch, which is why when you come, you live someone like Gullin, and you see the the, the pitch in Gullin, it's uh, the the kids are very lucky, very fortunate to have it. Definitely. Um, but that was my l s memory, just playing with my brother and playing with pals, as Mike said. Any any spare time, in, there's a sports set, a local sports centre, play indoors as well. Just that was all. no, no distractions by computer games or. Anything like that just
1: outside all the time. Right, Mike, yeah. I, w- I, w- I was just thinking to myself there. Your fondest memory in the back garden where you granddad almost wouldn't be permitted nowadays. Practicing headers with old heavy yeah, ball. It's true. As a kid yeah. uh, now they would almost discourage it. It's true, but mate, yeah. It, 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 it shows the sign of the times.
0: Do the um are, are the kids here is there like an age limit now when when they can start heading the ball yet or I think
3: is the twelve, Mike,
2: that they've yeah. introduced? Yeah, yeah. You can you can have limited uh, use up to up to um up to age twelve, limited, I think, is 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 the guidance. Mm. Um you're not encouraged uh, to use it um in training um and then and thereafter. I think I think naturally heading the ball will I think, as we've seen over over the years, you know, with football has football has developed. Um, you probably see a natural tailing off of as much heading of the ball as 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 it has been in the past. Yeah. Um. A uh, but I, I, again, I think I think the, the the ball material has changed as well, and that mm. might hopefully have a have a have not as a negative impact as it has been in in in, in the past. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that you see I think you see it in the Prem now, right? Like it's it's all on the ground now, it's Pep Guardiola football and I think kids are being taught that way too now. And I, I still watch the Scottish games professionally and there's still a lot of like the ball's in the air quite a lot and there's a lot of heading. But I reckon if there's gotta be a style out there. I reckon if you compare the two leagues, it's night and day the I amount of times the ball gets headed. So I, it's I, interesting.
3: I don't think the kids Josh are or- Will be particularly devastated about the prospect of not <laughs> hitting the ball. Very um, true. <laughs> I, I can't. There's not many of them that, in my experience, understandably that that's their favourite part of the game: heading a ball that's come from 100 feet up in the, 100 feet up in air. yeah air. Yeah,
0: but
1: I
3: don't, I don't blame them. Mm.
0: The
1: the, the mm. big part's discouraging the repetition of doing like yeah. 10, 15, 20, yeah, yeah. backwards and forwards is what's discouraging. Indeed. I mean, if you play a game and you hit it. Once, twice, three times in a match, so be it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's the constant as you would have back in the day. Repetition of mm-hmm. that's what's been discouraged the most.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. P- rules are rules are definitely cha- <laughs> Like Even a, a defender now isn't so much like about being big and being able to header the ball away and stuff, right? It's about being good in one v one situations and trying to win the ball back. So the game's definitely changing on that yeah, front. I, I definitely agree with you guys. But now it's funny, um, you know, your guys' stories. Everyone that I kind of, you know, I'm sure you guys had this conversation with people too. But everyone I ask, it's always quite similar, right? About how they got into it, which is, which is always pretty cool. But um, do, who, who does who do you guys all support? Is everyone like? Is it? I'm pretty sure you and I, Mike, match your hearts now. Or no? No, no, no. <laughs> Am I wrong there? Uh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I'm a, I'm
2: a. Well, Mike, my, my team, as I alluded to earlier. Josh, with yeah, Inverness Cali right? Okay. Um, but they obviously were before your time, and they were um, they amalgamated uh, alongside Inverness Thistle, so that's right. where Inverness Cali Thistle have come from.
3: Mm. Um, so I've got a slight allegiance to to that team. Okay, okay. I used to attend to the morning games occasionally, uh, Josh. That that didn't put me off put me off football, but I, I was always keener on playing than and supporting a team, i never really. Had that bug other than when watching Scotland games, but I never really had a club team that I
0: was oh, okay.
3: really had an affinity for.
0: Dedicated to, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. That...
1: Like... I, 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 I'm in a similar boat. Well, I was born in Scotland, but the first sort of 10 years of my life, I was brought up in England, and with mm. King Kenny looking after Liverpool, then that was my uh, that. club of choice.
0: That's good. That's that's my team, but it's been a, it's been a bizarre season this season. I have absolutely no idea yeah. what's I have absolutely no idea what's going on, and I hope I hope that everyone stays calm and keeps and Klopp in charge because uh, it would be a bad decision if they panicked and pulled the they're, trigger. I think
1: they're missing three central defenders. Yeah, their best yeah. player without Van Dijk, Gomez, and Matip, and Henderson as well is a huge loss.
0: Yeah, massively, and massively.
1: And, and Allison mm-hmm. looks ropey when he's not got Van Dyke in front of him
0: he does he does There's just there's so much it's you know people every time I have this conversation with people my friends who support the teams they they keep saying stop making excuses so I'm going to stop saying it but there's just so much that's gone on this season with them it's uh it's not a reg it's not it's not like he's got the same 11 out there that did so well the last three years and now it's massively like plummeted it's not the same team so but there's something we are going on but yeah it's been a it's not been helping lockdown.
1: <laughs> I think some of the teams have been more negatively impacted than others without yeah. having crowds at the stadium. Yeah. So I think there's teams that have really, really elevated themselves from mm. not going to a place like, like Liverpool and having yeah. a crowd against them. <clears throat> they holding their own and doing quite well. Whereas teams like Liverpool that almost will get an extra three points through a match with the 12th man there Agreed. in terms of the crowd um, have suffered a bit more.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Man yeah.
1: City and Man United don't hold great crowds anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely Except not. That, definitely yeah. not City. Definitely not City. But they've been uh, Guardiola's re- revived that team. They've been fantastic this season. Unfortunately, they've been good. Been good to watch again. Um, so what? So let, let's get into the, the the kind of the main reason why we're here. The whole the whole Gullin, you know, athletic thing. Like how? I don't know if you guys were in it. You know, right from the from the absolute get go. But how how did it all start? Because like I say, growing up for me, uh, we didn't have we didn't have a Gullan team, and I know obviously in the past there was, and and it was a big deal for the village and the community. But how did you guys kind of all get involved in it, and how did it start start kind of getting going?
3: Mister Mackie's the best point to start with that. There's only <laughs> one man can answer that.
0: Yeah. Go, go on, go then. Yeah, well, Josh, I think
2: so. You, you you touched on it there. There was a Gullan Athletic team an adult team that played in the, in the 90s um, and your, your Uncle Glyn was heavily mm-hmm. involved in that. And uh, I suppose the, the seed of it all came from, from Glyn Aiken and uh, John McKinley and and um, uh, another, Gullen, sadly, passed me recently, but David, David Cowie. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with David and John at the Bank of Scotland and they asked me to come down and play with, with Gullen. Okay. So I, I came down and played in that team and, and and played probably up until ninety-three, ninety-four. Um uh and shortly after that team disbanded. And as and time went on and we and as you as you said, there's a there's a big grass area down there. And um I got to thinking um back in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, it wasn't being used. Just was not being used and the council had goalposts posts there and the cut of the grass. Um, And it just was going to waste in terms of, you know, a facility not being used. And the kids at a time in Gullan were going through to North Berwick to play with the Colts. Um, And I was hearing that uh, a number of them, you know, weren't getting involved or weren't getting games because, you know, the the, the demand was so big, the Colts Colts couldn't, you know, they couldn't accommodate everybody. Um, So I... um, asked a few people would they be interested in in their kids, you know, starting up a football team in Gullen. Um, So in 2007, uh, I, uh, myself and Stephen Cavers, actually, um, uh, the two of us, um, after a couple of meetings, um, took a group of kids who were born in 2003, so they're four years old, including my two girls, Lauren and Jess. So they came down, and we had what Sunday morning, and um, we had ten, ten kids, um, aged four, Brian. kicking the ball about, and um, and that's that's how it started. And we played four sides, or we played away, um, and then I think when they got to, you know, the year later, started started. Playing little games, little a side things, um, and it, it, it mushrooms. It just, it just as, as as you'll find with these things, um, the uh, there was more and more interest. Um, the primary school, you know, once word got out, uh, and so the following year, um, those born in two thousand and four, some of these boys got involved, so the kids got involved, and um, as I said, it grew. And it grew, and I uh, and, and obviously one of the challenges is as you get more kids, then you need to get more coaches around uh, and yeah. more adults mm-hmm. involved. And I asked, uh, I think I was playing golf with Ewan one day, and I mm-hmm. um, tend to asked him if he would be interested in getting involved, and he did. Um, uh, and and it just it just developed all from there, really.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah. That that's really good. It's uh, that's good to hear because, like I say, we not there was no, no one, obviously, for whatever reason, when I, was, when I was a kid, was able to step up and, and kind of commit the time to doing that. So that's fantastic that you did that. That's, that's really good. What about you, uh, uh, Mike Spink? How did you get involved in it all? I got tricked into it by Ewan. All right, okay. <laughs>
1: he, 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 he tricked
0: me. Uh, I didn't
1: know what I was committing to. He, 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 he managed to get me onside. No, uh, uh, my son... Uh, so it started off coaching-wise, but um, these guys had already built it up to, to, to a big, big level. So um, all I had to do was keep it on the same sort of road and mm-hmm. um, keep the path going that it's already been started from. So the hardest things is to, to get something off the ground and get it started. Um, yep. It's much easier to, to carry it on once the foundations are already there. But um, I got involved initially, coaching-wise. My eldest son um, is what a lot of coaches would refer to as a cloud watcher. Okay. He, he, he was not naturally gifted <laughs> at football, so um, I, I, I felt it was a bit tough to mm. uh, leave him with any coach on his own type thing, so there was already a coach in place and I, I came along just to help, cool. um, but he's still involved in playing football now. That's good. It's slowly, slowly improving.
0: That's good. That's good. So wh- when you, you and him, um when when you guys kind of came on board, you and him, Mike, um yeah. did did you guys have like had you coached before? Or was there anything no. that no you no. Just, no no just um, I,
3: it, it, to to be perfect. It, it it started for me anyway. It started when you took your own. I took my son along. Aged yes, five. And once I managed to prize him from my leg, which he wouldn't let go of. And he got involved. You find yourself just helping put cones down or, mm. or mm. pick cones up, and you watch watch Mike coaching, and you you get gradually you, you you see the you learn the basics of how to do it, and then after a while you tentatively run a uh, you take a few kids, and it and it, it goes some it goes from there. But you know, without doubt, the the work that Mike and and Stephen and, and others did to start with, made it, as Mike said, once the ball, once it's there, it's uh, it's far more of a challenge to set something up from scratch than it is to just come along and kind of take a bit of it and try yeah. and give something back. Uh, so we're very yeah. fortunate that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. So say, same with you, Mike, no, no previous coaching or, or planned on doing it, just,
1: yeah. Nothing like that. No no previous. Yeah. Um, I played a lot of football, as I said. Right, um, yeah. I enjoy football massively, uh, um, really enjoy it. And I, I actually, in fact, if I go far enough back, I wanted to be a PE teacher all mm. through my school career. Okay. Um, and did not manage to get into Murray House, which was <clears is> the <throat> university in Scotland that did PE teaching at the time, um, and ended up going a very different path. Um, so I, I, I love, I love the coaching aspect of it. I love, um, teaching the kids, Yeah. um, being a part of it and watching them grow and develop and, uh, and change. Um, that's, it, 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 it's, it's massively rewarding and satisfying to see, uh, your time and efforts and, uh, yeah, the improvement that, that, that they have over time.
0: That's, um,
1: that's good. No, man. I, I didn't have a a clear path to get into coaching as such. Right, um, right. I think being involved, it, it, being involved in the football is, is a huge part of the community as well. Um, yeah. Which is another huge benefit to it is being involved with the coaching. And then not only do you get to know the kids that your kids are playing with, but you also get to know the parents and the wider community. Um, yes. Very quickly, which was another... Massive benefit because um, yeah. I moved here in 2011, and probably started coaching a couple of years after that, maybe 2013, cool. 2014. Yeah.
0: Um
1: cool. And it, it, it's great for integrating into um, into a community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know one of the things that that made me start to maybe want to to like I said to you guys. Go down speaking to to guys like you and and start to reach out is because I obviously went over to the states to pursue it as you know a, a career if, if you if you kind of want to call it because I got I got paid for it right I was I got paid a full time wage I was able to live in in America off of that and it was brilliant but what that brings with it is it, it can for people it can start to become about that right like you need to make the money to have a living it becomes a job so you lose that, what you're just talking about, that community, that kind of just passion to want to help out because you just feel good about doing it. And I'm not saying that every coach that was doing it getting paid is doing it for the money, but it becomes a job. And I think that's where I started to get disinterested with it myself because I was starting to now look at, I was having to get to the point where it's was like, I need to coach an extra team because I need the money to live. And, you know, all, all these, all these things come into play. So I just think it's, it's something really special when you have guys who step up and volunteer. It really is. And I think that, I don't know, and we'll, we'll maybe kind of get into this now. Uh, you know, if anyone has anything you want to say on that before we move on, you can. But I think that, I don't know what it's like with parents for you guys, but for me, I was still, I was doing it out of the passion side of things that we talk about. But, you know, when parents are paying money and a lot of money, it you know, they start to get very involved in it too. And it becomes difficult, and you kind of lose that love for it.
1: So, were you doing that at a more elite level in terms of the the coaching the kids that you were coaching?
0: I mean, to, to be honest with you, it was it, it, basically I was coaching at a club that that is, was no different than than Gullin, right? So, you, you like what Mike said—a guy, kind of same thing—came in, took over, brought brought his kids, brought his kids into it in the '90s, and it just blossomed and mushroomed into the point where he had we almost had, you know, every age group from what 2000 when I was there. So kids born in 2000, right the way up until 2013, you boys and girls, you have four or five teams in each age group. So it's a, it becomes like a big club, but in terms of like being a professional club and, you know, coaching it at a high level, yeah, if you if you got to coach the kind of top teams, which I'm sure you guys kind of have the same thing, you split the kids up kind of based on ability. Um, but if if you didn't, it was just kids that wanted to try to do football and just their parents dropped them off, and some of them, like you said, were cloud watchers, and and some of them were into it and went on to progress. So that's kind of that's kind of what I was doing. It's not too dissimilar,
1: really. And it, so the. It, in the uk i don't know is there a difference between parents in terms of
0: um are they a bit more demanding in the us yeah well i mean that's what i kind of wanted to ask you guys about was because i think yes it yes they are but you know i I had parents on my team If, if you pay you know you're paying for the kit you're paying to be on the team you're also paying there's there's a big thing there they love like their culture, they love like tournaments and going places. Like I went to Vegas a couple of times. Like I flew to Vegas teams, and we, you'd go there for a tournament. They they like that and going out for dinner as a team, which is cool. But it costs a lot of money. So if you're doing that stuff, like per season, like a season, so six months of the year, you're probably close to paying two and a half, three thousand dollars just for one season. That's if you have one kid. So if you have two, three kids in it, I mean, it's extortionate. So I think when they're paying that amount of money, it's almost like. You're paying for a service, to, right? Like you want it back. Yeah,
3: sorry, Ian. To put it in contrast, Josh, the way that the, the club has managed to, and this goes back to, to Mike getting sponsorship from the bank and then various coaches managing to get sponsorship to provide strips. Mm. It's meant that the subs, by contrast, if you ask if for the living aside teams, typically, and Michael, will correct me if I'm wrong here, that the, the subs for the kids... Are about 110 pounds a year, right? So okay. that's Twelve months. Yeah. So the the analysis well, that's a bit of a fancy word, but mm. what we know of other clubs and what kids pay, I think is a pretty good deal they get mm. uh, in Gullen. and it was always from the days of of Mike, when Mike first set it up. That uh, and we can maybe talk about it later. That you know, being inclusive and what it means in a, in terms of selection, but. We didn't want any kid being excluded because of the the cost. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's credit to, again to Mike for for having that ethos from the start, and it's meant that I think our fees would stand favourable comparison with with any club. Mm. And part, you know, part part of that's a big part of that's the generosity of of, of parents, yeah, and local business people, and being willing to. And I can think of the, the team that I was involved in, you know. Two or three, of the the parents at various stages funded a set of strips, and they do it in a very unfussy and, and unpretentious way. But to go back to one of the things I really want to talk about—that community spirit—I yeah. think we shouldn't underplay the importance that parents in Gullan have had in in helping, not just financially, but you know, more more support as well. Maybe to contrast with the experience you've had, where maybe yeah. if someone's been. You know, a hundred dollars a month, or whatever their demands are, maybe a bit more, and their expectations are maybe a bit higher than people who are just grateful that someone locally is giving their kids an opportunity to play football. Yeah, indeed, it's it's very much a it's very much a community club,
2: um, and and the community, to be fair, since since it started, you know, has been very very supportive of of everything that that um, the club has been trying to do, and. And getting parents involved can can happen in, in, in many different sort of disguises. Yeah, you know, you and you and talked about taking this boy along and and picking cones up and putting cones down, etc. But then you got involved in the coaching side, uh, and, and 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 that is that's probably one of the main challenges that a community club has is is, is ensuring that that there are sufficient coaches um to you know to ensure that the the, the boys and the girls have have the ability to to come down and play football and train and and then and play fun matches and and then develop through the through the age groups Mm. but you know so that that's important but the the other aspect of the community support is you know and again you you raised it is where parents might feel that they're not you know that coaching isn't for them And, and 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 a lot of times, it's it's in the fear of the unknown. I, yeah. I spoke to you at the time, and he was fairly uncertain whether to get involved uh, or definitely. not. But, but, but
3: yeah.
2: But, but once you're involved, it's it's you know there is a lot of help out there through the through the coaching courses that the SFA run, etc. But a lot a lot of, a lot of parents, um, you know, are wary of of the coaching side, but they they do step up and and you know they um, they will, you know sponsor sponsor the the teams whether it's strips or whether it's water bottles or or whether it is and that that does keep the keep the, the cost obviously down but the, the main the ethos of the club is is very much a community club um, mm. and it has developed you know there's aspects and we'll probably come on to talk about that as we go on and mm. um, but we feel that uh, yeah, you know what we we're here for for everybody and it's not an elite it's not you know whilst there's and whilst there can be pressures from parents yeah um, obviously they're not paying um, massive massive amounts of money um, um <clears throat> they um there can be pressure from parents in terms of you know game time or or um uh, what have you so um but generally they're they're very supportive.
0: Do you, do you guys do you guys find that um, you know because what you just said because there is it I guess I'm trying to ask without without you trying to I don't I don't want to like throw throw anyone under the bus but is it is it pretty calm from the parent side of you for you guys I mean I'm I'm sure you always get the odd one or two that are a bit into it and want to be involved because that's the way that they parent but is it pretty calm or is it what what's it like it,
2: It's it's very it's very calm so so. You know, our, our our oldest group now are two thousand and fours. The two thousand three group we started it off due to numbers wise, so they, they when they moved to eleven a they 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 went to they integrated with the North Berwick Colts team. Oh great. But so the, the oldest the oldest we've managed to have a the two thousand and fours we've managed to develop that age group to, to an eleven side team. And we've got you know, age 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 groups all the way up to so I think two thousand and thirteen now, I think maybe fourteen. Maybe even fifteen. Yeah. Um, and uh, at, at the younger age group, it's certainly calm. It's certainly, I think, I think parents are are delighted that there's a, um, an opportunity for the kids to play sport um, yeah. locally, and instead of having to drive through North Berwick or go elsewhere. So at that at that early stages, there's certainly a, a, a calmness um, around the parents. Once they start playing more competitive, and I put "competitive" in, in, in inverted commas, mm. and once they start playing against you know teams, uh, other villages, other 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 clubs, um, uh, in, in in five sides or seven sides or even then in eleven sides, that's when <clears throat> there the, there's the, there can be a bit more of a bit more of a challenge.
1: Yeah,
0: but generally yeah.
2: it's not too bad. It's not. It's, it's it's like you said. It's 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 not the norm. I
1: think what mm. one of the biggest issues um that coaches face um with parents is a confidence to communicate with them about ability. Yeah. And when you get more and more competitive as time goes through the gears and you go from fives to sevens to nines to elevens aside, um it's even more important to communicate with the parents and be open and honest with them on how their son's performing. Um, Kids all develop at completely different rates. Um, Being involved is the most important aspect of it, but the parents' understanding, um, because a lot of them don't realize and expectations are higher than necessarily what the kids can achieve at that specific time. And a lot of, Coaches or clubs will shy away from communicating that with the parents. And I think if you communicate with the parents and explain to them exactly what is going on and where their child is, then it it, it makes it way more harmonious. Um, and I think yeah. the parents have much more of an understanding as long as you communicate with yeah, them. Well, I did, I, I did yeah. want to go back to a point that you made. Go on. Would, would you guys not potentially, if I... Um, put the motion at the next AGM to raise our fees from £110 to £2,110 for <laughs> we get to go to Vegas
3: Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> it, it, it that yeah, was yeah. Like a pretty good deal to me yeah yeah it wasn't bad Now, now wasn't I'm, not, bad. I'm not saying you have to do it every season but I yeah. was thinking maybe, maybe yeah. if you get your year group all the way to you mm-hmm. know sixth year at school and they're still competing then uh,
3: yeah.
1: Vegas sounds like a pretty good idea
0: it's not a bad idea. I went to uh, when I was in playing for North Berwick. We did a trip to I think it's Breda in Holland when I was about 13, 14. Oh, yeah. So we did that. It was uh, I honestly couldn't even. It's funny because the memory. I used to say to the parents, the memories I have of that trip aren't even the football games. It's all the other stuff I did with all the, all my friends. You know what I mean? And, yeah, sure. And seeing all that. So no, that's uh, that that that's 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 the fair point actually. Do you guys find that like? Um, you know when you're dealing with the expectations and i think you're spot on with the communication because my first ever time i moved a kid down when i was out in america i called the dad we we had to like you know it's it's the end of the season and then you kind of do your training in the off season then, and then you kind of pick the teams so I, I i called the dad and said look like your kid's moving down and he went off at me and rightly so looking back because i I'd, I'd given no indication to the parent and communication that his kid was struggling so his point was you know if, if we'd had the co- if you'd had the conversation with me maybe we could sort it out and then even if still he wasn't good enough at least he knows i know and it's all good and i didn't do any communicating with him and that was my fault and and i agree with you is that's kind of that fear to do that but and and as i got older cuz i was 19 at the time too so it was quite daunting to to approach you know adults and and tell them that with their kid but as i got older and got more into it and the more confident i was know I would kind of almost set it up I would say two months out look he's struggling a little bit this is what you should work on then maybe a month later maybe the kid's improved because he's been doing that so it's all good but do that constant communication and and you're spot on I found out that every time I did that nine out of ten times it went smooth the right thing happened a lot of the times the kid actually got better because maybe the kid didn't even realize that they were struggling a little bit they were just in their own little world so yeah
3: I think one of the things that uh, that I look back now on and I kind of wish I'd known then what I know now, and people used to say at the time, and I was always a bit cynical about it, but that, that what people say about kids developing at, at different ages, and you'll, you'll know this better than anyone, Josh, from your mm. experience, but the, 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 the kid who's maybe one of the strongest in the team aged seven or eight, by the time you get to... 13, yeah. 14. And you also, for all the what you learn from the SFA coaching courses, the one, the one thing that they never touch upon is, is the, the kind of psychological aspect of it and the coaching kids and kind of recognising when they're going through a conference crisis or they're not enjoying it or they're feeling their conference is low. And you know that's that's one of the more most enjoyable aspects of it when you see a kid who's who struggled for a while and then suddenly something clicks and they have a, and you can see them visibly you can see their yeah. demeanor change and they become more more confident themselves and they look happier. I mean that that's one of the things that you know ten years ago I would have I would never have considered as being a something that you think about, but definitely that that aspect very rewarding when you see kids, you know change or and i guess what advice would i give to myself 10 years ago i guess would maybe to recognize that and be yeah you know, and build that into your expectations of kids and how they develop
0: yeah i think that's i think that's really important i think i agree with you like, like i just kind of that story i just said you look back and and you know same thing with the kid if i maybe had the conversation maybe something would have clicked to them and, and he would have he would have gone yeah. on and instead i ended up to dad ended up being very mad at me and actually they left and went to another team which you know was probably fair because I didn't do it I didn't do it the right way so it's uh yeah it's I think and I think it's a tough one too and and certainly more so for you guys I mean because that's all I was doing you know I I had the whole day to to think about what I was going to do for my session and and plan it and show up 40 minutes early and 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 put it all out there you guys are working your jobs probably right and and then having to show up and and sometimes maybe rushing and, and doing your absolute best and and sometimes you miss those things, you don't see those things, but that's just the reality of, of how it is, you know. Um, I, also, yeah. I don't know if
3: you were if you were on your own Josh when you're doing it, but one of the there was three of us in our age group mm. coaching. So me me and two other guys and the three of us maybe all had slightly different approaches, but been able to we all ultimately were on the same page. Yeah. All the time and yeah. being able to have those conversations and and when you weren't sure about something, to, to do on your own I think is must be really, really challenging to have the ability to speak to like-minded people who have the same aspirations as you do and, and the yeah. same belief set it's really, really important. I was really fortunate that our team has you know, three, three guys who are equally as passionate and, and committed to it. And that made a big difference.
0: Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a good way to go about it, especially in your guys' situation, is to have a couple of people. And, and like you said, I, I, I kind of did that in a different way where, you know, all the all the people I became friends with and ended up having, you know, flats with and stuff, they all coach. So we would always discuss everything. So, you know, like you say, they would maybe come to watch one of my games or I would watch their game if I was off. And you definitely, sometimes I would say something and they're like, oh, I never saw that in that kid or this situation yes, so absolutely, yeah getting people's different ideas and, and different ways of seeing things is uh is hugely important um how in terms of in terms of like the from what you guys have seen when when you've played the games at the weekend in terms of the the overall level whether it be boys or, or girls when you're going maybe to, to play teams in edinburgh or they're coming down to play you not quite too sure how it works though but you know how, how have, you, have you guys have you guys you know, come away a lot of times thinking that there's a lot of really good kids out there? In terms of within our own teams or the it, teams we meet? Just, just kind of overall in both, in your guys' teams or the teams you play, like, do you guys feel that there's a lot of, because, you know, there's, there's always the topic of Scotland can't produce players and I've always been of the mindset that there's players here, it's our culture, it's what we do, and it starts at the youth level. So, I'm you know, I'm just wondering what you guys have kind of thought overall of the level.
1: I think it, it, from from my perspective, anyway, is that we, each club mm. is very different, even at each age group level. Yeah. So, for example, Haddington, uh, 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 as an example of <coughs> a the club, they don't have a strong setup from top to bottom. Right. They'll have certain year groups that are extremely good and certain year groups that aren't, and I don't mean just Haddington; I mean yeah. any any club. So it, it, it's not as simple as, and. I think there's a, there's a massive gulf between your elite clubs, your clubs that almost poach players, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pull in a select mm-hmm. squad to compete, and your community-level clubs. Mm-hmm. And I think the community-level clubs are massively important. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge believer that kids should play with their friends mm-hmm. for as long as possible. There's a, there's a right time for a kid to move over to an elite club. Yeah. and every kid's different it might be that the kid could go there from six years old and they'll cope with it and they'll enjoy it and they'll be able to do it um not many kids would be able to do that but every kid's got their own level of when they can move on and i think until they can um, being involved and playing with their friends and playing within their local communities it, it is massively important um the, the the only difference I think maybe when you when you look at Scotland it, it is probably the massive population.
0: Yeah. If
1: you look at your Liverpool or your Manchester United, the, those areas and what they're pulling together, um, there's just more of a population competing. And when you've got that volume of people competing against each other, you're likely to produce better players. Where where you've got yeah. less yeah. volume, ultimately. Although New well, Zealand and rugby breaks that.
3: Huh? One of the things, Josh, that you you grew up in Galloway, but one of the things that And it's a good thing, but the kids have so many interests and so many Mm, mm -hmm. activities that they're involved in and they're lucky because they have so many opportunities. And sometimes when you go and play teams in Edinburgh where football is the only thing they do, and, you know, if they turned around to their coach and someone in Edinburgh and said, "Uh, I can't play today because I'm doing X, Y, Z. You know, I'm not saying it's right, but they've given pretty short shrift. Yeah, and I th- one one of the things you have you just have to accept it and recognise that some of your some of your, your better players are natural sports boys and girls and they will naturally be good at two or three sports. Yeah, and you only get them for a little bit of the time, and you just have to. I mean, it's frustrating, but it's it's great for the kids, and it, it you know gives them an, a, a rounded experience of different sports. At times, it, it can be a bit frustrating as a coach, but that's not peculiar to me, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Mike, both Mikes, have had the same uh, experiences at different times. But that—that's one thing that I do think is peculiar to someone like Gowan that I don't think is necessarily seen as frequently in in some parts of Edinburgh. Certainly,
0: yeah. I think with
2: the, the, the structure that we, we play in, in on the boys' side, um, uh, we might we, we might not have access to seeing all the all the you know the, the the best players, if you like, in that age group for the end of the Lodians because of the, you know, the the, the divisional structure, and we're not seeing the games um, ourselves, um, but we do when we do come across them in, in 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 cup competitions. For example, I think there is some very very good players, and and there is there is undoubtedly a talent there. There's a talent pool that we have in Scotland, um, on on on. So on, on the boy's side and on the girl's side, I think you know, I'm involved with the girls, and I, so I probably see more more girls just given there's lower numbers, so you're probably getting access to seeing see more girls. But there's very good footballers, uh, both boys and girls within Scotland, at um, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, um, right. and, uh, and I, we all know that it's what happens thereafter is it's a challenge that. The, the country has in terms of of how they are developed and, and what structure should be put in place or what structure will deliver um, the, the the best outcome for mm-hmm. if you like the national team um, because you don't have the numbers that as Mike Spink touched on there England has in terms of you know quantum and 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 you'll sift through that and 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 you'll see the, the, the level of players that come out of, of that. Um, but it's what we do with those, those talented footballers, which I have no doubt is here in Scotland.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, Josh, interestingly, from your side of things and your experience in America. So when I, I spent a bit of time in New Zealand okay. uh, playing rugby, and one of the things I noticed was a, a the real football,
2: shift. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the football podcast. Yeah. football
1: podcast. Yeah. Go ahead. Like go ahead. A real, real shifting culture. Why this, this bit Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> In Scotland, there's uh, much more of a culture in your sort of teenage years to yeah. um, um, be distracted from sport. You, you you tend to, especially in areas like Edinburgh um Glasgow, bigger cities, whereas in places like uh, New Zealand, Australia especially, and I think America, um, for example, your drinking culture it, it is really frowned upon in teenage mm-hmm. years. And, and a lot of states in America, it, it, it's only 21 before you can go to bars and. Tell the me lights. about it, yeah. And I think you, you look at Scotland's culture, mm-hmm. um, and it's very, very different at a, a very influential age, that you lose a lot of what could potentially be great quality um, through being young and a little bit naive and silly. Yeah. And again, the culture that we kind of have in Scotland, where it's almost expected and encouraged to be a bit silly and to, to go down a different path which yeah would be great if we could change that um,
0: yeah I, I I 100% everything you said for sure that the culture certainly where I was especially where I was in America and California was it's frowned upon and it's not a it's not a big thing even when you become an adult it's not a big thing you know um, so it's a great point and I've been thinking about this a lot when I've been back. Uh, when you're saying that, the, I saw, obviously had what I said to you guys earlier is that the pay-to-play structure over there. I saw the, the advantages of it were you have people like myself who leave Scotland or England or wherever and get to go to America and pursue this and are really passionate about it and are getting paid to do it so you can pursue it full-time and do your badges, which in effect is going to make you a better coach, which is going to make the kids better. And I feel that that's a, maybe a bit of a gap we have here because, and I don't know, I've been away for eight years. So someone might listen to this and say it's all changed. And I think it is a little bit, but I think we need to do something with people like me at 17, 18, 19, who are, are not going to be a professional football player, but want to still be involved and help kids. But I ha- I, it's difficult when you have to go work and then and volunteer and try and make that a full-time gig here is almost near on impossible. But at the same time, I've seen the disadvantages of when you start to add the money into it. So I don't know; it's a it's it's a tough balance, I think.
3: But at least at least if from your experience, Josh, I imagine when parents are paying big bucks to for for their kids in fees, you know that creates pressure for you. But on the other hand, hmm. presumably you had kids who are generally very focused and very keen to improve. It, or if they were, their parents were. Is that fair, or do you think it
0: disadvantage to uh, that? No, no. I think I think that's fair. I think that it was. You know, where I, where I where I lived in where I lived was a very multicultural area. There, there was a lot of people from India, a lot of people from Asia. There was not a lot of 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 people that are you know um, Americans. Do you know what I mean? A lot have come over for the tech, the tech uh, gig, and, and that's who a lot of the kids are. So there's a lot of pressure because a lot of those cultures, there's already quite a lot of pressure on the kids anyway in school terms. And I think that does sometimes get translated over to the football. And it was, honestly, it was a It's probably the same as you guys. It was a 50-50 balance in the team. Like some kids would play, have piano and would miss, would make what we, you know, if I think once we, in America, it was 7v7, then they go 9v9, and then they go 11v11, which was kind of the next thing I wanted to move on and ask you guys about. So that's how they did it, and um, um, when you hit nine v nine, you train three times a week. Seven v seven twice a week. Nine v nine three times a week. Eleven v eleven three, and then the coach had the option if he wanted to do a four session if he wanted to. So, but you still had that balance of some kids were not there all the time, and some kids were fully dedicated to it. So it it was probably quite similar, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. What? So I go on, Mike. Yeah. No. I was
1: I was gonna say. The other thing that I, I keep thinking from where we started this whole uh, podcast was uh, the three of us and our experience as kids growing up and playing football, that that doesn't really exist now. You yeah. almost have to be coaching. Okay, we, we, as volunteers, we don't to that level three, four times a week. But yes. unless you're organizing, coaching and matches, the kids aren't doing it. Or certainly not to anywhere near the same level as what we did as kids.
0: It needs to be organised yeah. now. But mm-hmm. well, having, having said
3: all that, the, the, the advent of the the Astro, I think, yeah. has has made a, a big difference from uh, from seeing kids who, who who do go down, particularly, particularly through lockdown. Um, no, that's true. The, um, I take your point, but that, that's that's been, having the goals there. apparently I think think's made a massive difference. Massive difference. No, you're yeah. Absolutely
0: right. yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think that uh, the astro. When I saw you guys, you know that that was all that got done. That's the first thing I thought of you, and was that at least now there's there's not really an excuse for the kids now, right? Like there's there's your pitch, there's your goals. Go do whatever you want. I've actually been down there with my brother and my friends in lockdown and played. Played a couple of games in the down there. So it's a, uh, it's a, every time we go down there, we're like, God, imagine if we had this. But, and, and, and it's funny though, it goes the other way, but at the same time, the games that we would come up with to not, when we didn't have that, you look back now and it's like, oh, like I kind of learned how to bend the ball by put, someone put a ball there and you had to bend it around the corner and hit a sign on the tennis court wall. You know what I mean? There's, so there's loads, of, there's loads of weird things to it, but the Astros, the Astros, fantastic. I wish we had that. It's uh, it's such a, such a good addition. Um, no yeah, go, go on. Yeah, no, no, you, I'm agreeing yeah. with you. That was
1: awesome. Yeah. Um. Do,
0: you, is there? You know. Do Do you guys think that in terms of your situation, you know, you kind of mentioned that, you know, that there's there's the community clubs, and then there's maybe the next step up, right? When when a kid is ready to go to that, do do you think that from from your guys' point of view. Is there a lot of support from what you guys do from whoever the governing bodies may be Mike Mackey, here probably the, i don't know if you're the better one to to answer this, but yeah, I just wonder what the support is
2: um there, there's there's certainly there's certainly a pathway for for kids to to develop um hmm. and, and and there's support from SFA for for the coaches um there's no doubt about it there's a there's a coaches pathway which Good. will then help the kids um and and that's and that's really grown in the last certainly in the last 10 years. <clears throat> in terms of the development of the kids, there is there is um, there is a pathway for, for them to develop. They've, they run, you know, the SAFA, they run um, regional programmes from P7 onwards. So if, if you're in P7, you know, the club can put forward players for trials and then they go right. into an East Scotland um, pathway and then you can get picked up on the on the national pathway as well. But added to that, I think, I think certainly in East Lothian, you know, Hibs, both Hibs and Hearts have, have have really, as a consequence of Bosman, probably as far back as that, even, you know, identifying, cultivating your own playing squads. Uh, um, you know, they've they've really bolstered their their development. Hearts, 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 Hearts are very good. They've got a really strong. Um, uh, youth system set up as as do Hibs and Hibs being local in terms of being up uh, at East Lothian, um, you know the training base there, um, uh, and they're 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 more than happy as a to get involved. I think there's a balance, and and, and Mike Spink probably can kind to examples where there's a balance to be had, where your kids want to play with your pals, their pals, but then giving them the opportunity to. You know to go to a, a club which has a pathway to an elite level um, right, yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, and it's and it's accommodating that and it's and it's making it available to 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 the kids as well and and we've talked about it before not all the kids are, are are keen I had when I was certainly certainly when I was looking after the 2004 age group um and um, there's a, there a couple of boys there and one was very good and um but put both forward at the time in P seven. Um but they just weren't they weren't interested or weren't not interested, they just didn't feel comfortable in moving yeah, yeah. up to the mm-hmm. They preferred to play with the pals. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a there, there is there is absolutely opportunities for for the better players um to to move up. That's good. Both 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 girls and boys.
0: That's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think, in actual fact,
1: all three of us, um, without naming any names, have had the experience with players moving to clubs, either moving to clubs or coming back from other clubs. Mm. Um, I My my personal experience, I think I, I 100% agree with Mike um, and everything that he said. I think that, that there are... And it's not just from community level and then a massive jump. Yeah, there are nice little step levels... I think the SFA, the SYFA, and the SWFA do a pretty good job. That's good. Trying to control it all, uh, I, I think they do offer, and uh, uh, they offer as much as they can. I think in terms of coaching and advice and support and help. Um, the only, the only bit that I've got a small issue with. Um, are your big clubs and how flippant they can deal with kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, And unfortunately, again, as Ewan did earlier, if I could give myself a, five years earlier a bit of advice, um, then I would have probably changed some of the things that I did on that basis. A, yep. some kids aren't ready, and B, um, it's a very different industry once you get up to that sort oh, of yeah. level. And they are extremely cutthroat um and it is a business ultimately and oh yeah you've got to understand that um and as a coach i probably would have sort of steered it steered away a bit more from yes that side of things and also had i known communicated it better uh uh the kids and the parents what they were going to be up against yeah um, yeah but i'm not having to go at the clubs the, the clubs no. they are a business and ultimately they've got to cater for the whole point of why they're doing the youth system um, yeah
0: absolutely it, it was it was very similar for me in in california and i actually a big reason i've had a lot of time to reflect on it and a big reason why i think i really i really stopped was it i had to i the way it was going i had to start to be that ruthless coach in the way that you're talking about and a i'm not that type of person and b i didn't personally agree with it i don't think you need to do that with the kids i thought that what had been going on for the last five years when I was there with the group of coaches we had, it wasn't that. And and the club was growing and growing and growing and having a great reputation. Same as you, it's no disrespect to the club, but you hit a point where you're competing with other clubs and it's a business and and kids are, if you're losing kids and the club's losing money and then you can't have as many coaches. And there's so much that goes with it. But I just, I I honestly could see the writing on the wall for myself. I thought to myself, I'm not going to be that. I'll get, I'll probably get sacked because I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy that is going to go out there and recruit kids and poach kids, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not saying that everyone I I knew did that, but there was certainly, it started to turn into that. And I just wasn't, it wasn't for me. That's a big reason why I stopped it, which, which is a shame. But like you say, that's, that's unfortunately how it is. I don't know if it'll change. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it'll change. Um, Speak you guys mentioned boys and girls like do you do you guys all coach both Did some of you just coach one and and if you coach both like have you guys found differences between coaching them <laughs>
2: uh, um <laughs> massive differences yeah
0: Ma- yeah huge
2: i i i i i currently i'm looking after the under 13 girls team cool oh. um uh, after after looking after the boys for a number of years and um uh I took a wee hiatus out of the coaching for a year or so,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and <clears throat> um, but Mike Mike Spring uh, tricked me into uh, coming back. Coming back, <laughs> and um, you've all and, tricked and, each and other. I'm <laughs> <laughs> looking at after the girls, and I must admit, I, well, I, in the with the 2004 boys team I looked after had three girls involved in that team, and uh, there was a marked difference in in their approach and their attitude uh, to training and to games. Mm. Uh, to the boys, uh, it was a breath of fresh air. So I always said at that time that if I was to, you know, I would always want to look after a girls' team. Um, and uh, um, it, as as it turned out, um, I got my wish, and uh, so I look after the under thirteen girls team. And there is a there's a marked difference in in uh, the approach and attitude. Some good, some bad. You know, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, they've got different challenges. Um, uh, but it's at the end of the day, you're you're providing the opportunity for 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 kids who want to play football with their pals, and mm. that's what that's, that's what's
3: what we important. do. Yeah,
1: it 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 is more enjoyable coaching the girls, and I'm I, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say yeah. uh, uh, when you're yeah. coaching boys, they are so high tempo and stress <laughs> and. Um, kicking and screaming and desperate to win and score a goal and it's 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 like all the time. Yeah. Whereas girls, they 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 want to win, they want to play, but they're just much calmer about it and and it's much more enjoyable. Uh, and it, nothing makes me laugh more than when they're playing in a match and. They apologise to each other if they accidentally kick <laughs> them or trip them up or slap. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, boys, boys just will
3: n- never do indeed. that. Yeah,
0: indeed. Yeah. agreed. Indeed. What about you, Ewan? Same, or do you just do boys, or what? It,
3: it just boys, but yeah. I, I have a daughter who plays. of so I've, I've seen both, and I think both Mike's observations are are ones that I would recognise as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there's less. There seems to be less tension on the pitch, and there's less tension on the sidelines as well, um, which is a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. I, I agree. I I agree with everything you guys said too. I I coached. I had like a a, a competitive girls team for a year when I was there, and I didn't. I didn't want to do it anymore I felt like I couldn't connect with the girls as much as I could with the boys and and at the time I was really trying to make something of it right so I was trying to I was trying to really go for it but on a Saturday morning I used to have to help out with what's called you know like this recreational program so every Saturday it's for kids that are just don't want to do the competitive side of things and just want to show up and play with their friends right and they just show up on a Saturday and they play and we put them in teams or kids that are really young, they're five, six, seven, they're just trying it out. And every time I had the girls on that Saturday morning, it was so much more enjoyable for all the things you guys just said. It was just a little bit more fun. They're, they're like you said, they're you know they're they're apologizing to each other for kicking each other, and the hour was brilliant. And and I would I would hate having the boys in that environment because the hour never seemed to end, and they were they were chaos. It was chaos, and. Yeah. uh it's it's completely different. I just couldn't from from a real from a real trying to put myself out there as a coach and and do all those things. I just couldn't connect with the girls. It wasn't for me, um, and I think that's just because growing up here, it I, I was never really around any girls that played football. You know, I was always it was always the boys and and all that stuff. You know, um, so it was uh, it, it's it's a lot different. And I think what we've just said there is is literally the difference between the two. It's uh, it's spot on. Um, I, can't think, I can't think of any
1: of the player, boys that play in my age group. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single one that hasn't emotionally broken down and <laughs> cried yep. whilst playing yep. in a competitive football match. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And on the flip side, I can't think of a single girl that has emotionally broken down and started crying. Yeah. because of uh, the situation playing in the match. And even if the girls are 10 goals... I think the, the coach guy, needs to take like, a long look at goals. himself.
0: Too like, oh. <laughs> 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 much pressure. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, what, what, so, this is kind of potentially maybe the last thing I wanted to touch on and then you guys can maybe mention if, if you think I've missed anything that you would like to talk about. But in terms of the setup um, here, like I said, how it was in America and just before I left, if you were very, very young, maybe five, six, I think it was, five and six, um, maybe six and seven. Uh, anyway, um, th- they just really introduced like four v four, five v fives on a Saturday, like no score, just show up. It's the, it was all the, you know, it'd be like just Gullen, North Berwick, Aberlady, and you just, you know, Gullen hosts it this Saturday, North Berwick does that, and you just show up and you just play. Um, and that's what they do there. And then when you hit about seven, you go to 7v7, I want to say for about 7 and 8 years old. And then about 9 10 and 11 is about 9v9. And then they hit 11v11 about 12 13 which I think is probably spot on the right age. So I didn't yeah. know what the setup was here because when I grew same. up, it was 7v7 yeah. and then straight to 11v11. Yeah.
2: It's, 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 it's the same over here. The 9v9s is coming in. Gradually into both boys and and girls over the last two or three years, but it's very much the same, uh, Josh. With five or six year playing playing local games, yeah, uh, for four, four, five or five and five, and focusing on on the fun bit, mm-hmm. and, you know fo- just just let them go and play, and and whilst you try and try and put a framework or some coaching around it, it's really just to for them to have some fun, yeah. And the winning part comes from them. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they. they uh, I suppose as Mike, as Mike Spink has just said, the, the the boys maybe more so than the girls, but you know, the competitive nature will come from from the from the kids themselves. You don't need, you don't need the coaches to be jumping up and down the sidelines. No, nope. you know, at at even up until, well, even up until age twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Even after that, I, I don't think I've not I've not coached um older than. 14 or 15, I think. Um, but it's it's fun until, well, it's fun all the way through, really. And, and the winning comes from from the kids themselves.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
2: when you boys played
1: football as a kid, did you do, now I remember playing like in a five-a-side tournament, but that's because we were in Elgin City's 11-a-side pitch and there was lots of kids there, so you couldn't play 11-a-side. But I only remember as a kid, other than tournaments, playing 11-a-side. I'm trying to remember it, if the if it was full-sized eleven-a-side goals or not, because I was young when I played 11s. Did Same. you play anything else?
2: No, um, no I, I certainly didn't play. No. Certainly didn't play like your fun fours or your fives, and certainly no. didn't play seven-a-sides. I no. think I think it was uh, it was five-a-sides. The only time I think the only time we played five-a-sides was inside a community hall, mm-hmm. where yeah. you had the sort of like the goals you have at North Berwick High School yeah yeah um, North um, sports center sorry yeah. mm-hmm. the low the low long goals and um, that was that was the only time we played five a side and the rest of the time was elevens yeah uh, just, yeah
0: yeah i was the same i was the same, even i mean i'm i'm twenty seven and even when i was growing up uh yeah it, i can only remember i can actually remember doing sevens to be fair i can remember doing sevens for a couple of years, but i was eleven years old uh, eleven be eleven really young. Like really, on the pitch and the goals were just—it seemed way too big.
2: <laughs> and you, you hope—you hope that's going to develop. You know the ball players. We, we've seen, yeah. you know, you've seen the likes of Ryan Gold over in Portugal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and Billy Gilmore now down in down in Chelsea. Yeah. And and a and lots of others probably that we haven't we haven't yet seen hasn't come across the radar. But a lot of these players are te- more technically able than. Than, than, you know, players we had in the 90s, 80s and 90s.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The game's going that way, isn't it? Um yeah. Do you guys have um, – I don't think it – God, I can't, I can't even remember this, and it was only like a, 18 months ago the last time I coached the game, but do, at, at, certainly at 7v7 in, in the States, or where I was anyway, they have what's called a build outline. So, every, so do you guys have that as well?
3: same idea
0: yeah 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 okay right yeah I I always thought that I was actually quite against that at first when it came in because I just thought I was like oh but the more I did it I thought all right it was quite good for the kids to build a bit of confidence in that area and and just have have that second just to kind of play and then as soon as they hit 99 it didn't it wasn't there anymore so it was like okay now you know what to do but you have to deal with a bit more pressure on you earlier so I just didn't know if you guys had that here or not too that's good
2: yeah, I do.
1: think the yeah. consider, consideration that's put in uh, the development of the kids now is, uh, again, from, well, you're 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, in the last 10 years, the development that's happened and uh, the boys that I coach have done a full season of nine a Right. And I, th- I thought it was such a great step towards 11s, going mm-hmm. from sevens into nines into 11s, Um the difference of understanding that the pitch is that little bit bigger—you can't just run it yourself. Um, there's got to be more of a passing game, and not just jumping straight into 11s. I, I, I think the pathway, and obviously they do it in America as well. Yeah. I didn't realize how many countries adopt it, but I think the pathway for kids now is is amazing. They give them the opportunity yep. uh, to develop their skills in all different four aside, mm-hmm. different five aside. It's all football, but. Yeah, they get a
2: real, real good kick at the ball, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think right. I think you're right, Mike. I think we've 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 learned from from other countries, and we've we've uh, developed that pathway. My, my fear is we've d- we've done very well up to age twelve and thirteen. Now, combined with what we talked about before, how we lose kids in their teen years through whatever it may be, culturally, socially, whatever it is, I don't. But I still don't think we've got a proper um a pathway from for, for, for those age groups. Um and and like you said, Mike, if they're picked up when they're very good at ten, eleven, they can be flipped very quickly by elite clubs. Yes. And there's nowhere for them to go. Or they yeah. f- feel that there's nowhere for them to go after that. Yeah. Um and, and 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 they'll and they'll develop at different times, as you said as well. You know, um so that that that's that's my that's a concern i have in in that we're very good up to um early teens or 12 13 but thereafter i'm not certain we've got it right
0: yeah that's that's what that's the that's the hard part isn't it for all the things we talked about with with the, the outside influences i don't know i don't know what you do there that's a cult that's a more of a culture thing isn't it it's like i don't yeah. know how you chat i don't know how you chat. i don't think you and there's part of me that's like there's a lot. There's a lot of good to that too, right? Like going out with your friends as a kid and and light life experiences, I guess, more so than football. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. people get pulled in too far.
2: Yeah, I, I mean yeah. more from a from a from a structured pathway. All right. You know, yeah, yeah, there, there's yeah. A, there's, mm. there, there's 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 the old debate between grassroots and academy football. Yes. Um, you know, do you do you do you maintain grassroots? Do you do you do you fund that properly? I say properly, but do you do you, do you give more funding to grassroots clubs? Rather than delete academy clubs, because once they're in the academy and they don't make it, and they flip down, Where do they go? Mm, um, that's the issue. Um, yeah. So it's keeping, it's it's keeping it's keeping kids involved until you know they develop um, and, and carry on and carry on playing at, at some level. You know, it doesn't matter if they're playing social, but lots of as as long as they're playing football, um, yeah, because there is a social. A big thing for me is. And a big thing I got involved with is I, I see football as a very much a social tool, if you like, um, mm. as to to develop a, uh, to develop your personality and to develop you as a good citizen. Um, uh, but that's uh that's maybe another another debate.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with it though. I definitely agree with it. Um, look, I think that's kind of everything I wanted to touch on with you guys. And I know that you guys have probably been working today and stuff, so I don't want to keep you too late, but is there anything you guys maybe wanted to cover um that I've that I've not hit or do you think we've we've had a good good discussion? I
1: think it's been a good discussion. If we can get some
0: sure. details on the Las Vegas trip, that'd be good. <laughs> I'll 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 email I'll email that to you and let you know how how to arrange that. Yeah. Yeah it's good. It's definitely good. I, I took uh the first time I went I took two teams and then after that the other two times I went I only took one so I can have a bit more time on the on the social side of things, but it was good. But yeah, is there, I don't know, uh, Mike Mackey, if there's anything that maybe you, you wanted to touch on that I've missed, but yeah. Uh,
2: no, it was, it was good. It was good. And, I, I, and hopefully, you know, um, you'll, you'll get a lot of followers in the back of it, but certainly, <laughs> if anybody in Gulland is listening or, or listens to the podcast, you know, get in touch. if If you feel you can, you can support the club um in some way um whether it is a as a coach or or, or indeed if you've got a, if you're a parent of a, of a child a boy or girl who's interested in, in in playing football then you know certainly do get in touch um a through through mike spink or myself or ewan um if, if there's somebody out there who wants to you know has some coaching background or just wants to get involved in coaching then obviously you know be great to hear from you um and 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 just you know we're here. Uh, we're looking to 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 develop the club um, uh, even more. Um, and if anybody's got a big digger and a big pipe, they can, can sort the drainage out at, down at the park. That'll be really good. Um, well, <laughs> I have um, a quick question
1: for you, Mister Mackey. That that first Sunday that you uh, went down onto the pitch and you had 10 young kids that you kicked the ball about with for the very first time. Did you ever envisage when you go down there on a Sunday now and you see the place wall-to-wall packed with spectators <laughs> and kids playing? Did you ever expect... Did you have that vision back on that day?
2: I would never profess to have any vision, Mike. Um I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted, and 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 this doesn't this you know it's it's uh, it has developed way way more than I, I would have uh, hoped for uh, or or expected. But that that's down to you know that's down to a huge number of people. that's you know whether it be you know Stephen Cavers who came in, whether it's Ewan who came in as well, run the team yourself, Mike, um, and and guys have put in Tom Heafy as well, who's a chairman of the club for a while. Um, you know, you guys have picked up the baton and and grown that club to where it is, um, and it is it is a it's it's fantastic to see. Um, and if we can continue to grow it and continue to roll the numbers, um, uh, you know, and and give you know something which Josh didn't have when he was growing up, somewhere mm-hmm. to go locally uh, and play football um, instead of having to. Calling your mum and dad to take me in the car to North Berwick or Press and Pans or Hannington or whatever, um, which was the which 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 was I suppose as well while we while we put that we put the Astro in place, you know so people didn't have to jump on a bus or jump in a car, and um, they had the ability to go down there and play football. So if we can make, if we can continue for the next number of years, um, you know to have to have access to football for kids in Gullin, you know that's all that we can all of us. Um, that have been involved can, who can proudly look back and say, yeah, I helped to do that.
0: I think that's spot on, that was a great question as well, Mike Spink. That was a great, uh, great final question you, there.
1: If you want any help in the future, bud. Yeah, just give me- there you
0: go. Need <laughs> a co- we co-host there, definitely. Um, but uh, now, look, guys, we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap this up now. Um, even when I hit stop recording, we'll just stay on for a couple of minutes, and then uh, and then we'll see we'll say our goodbyes, but. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. Like I say, it's um Gullin Gullen Gullens I'm sure a lot of people say this about where they grow up, but Gullen is a great place. It definitely means a lot to me. And then obviously from a football side of things and doing the whole coaching thing and, and being away and as I have come back in the last eight years over at Christmas time, I've obviously come down, you know, once before it and, and and done a little thing um on a on a Saturday morning. I think Mike asked me to help out a few years ago. Um, it's just it's it's really great to see what you guys are doing it's It's amazing and uh I just felt like this was a a conversation I wanted to have while I was doing this so thank you guys appreciate it
2: it was a pleasure thanks
1: for Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: Thank perfect all right like i said we'll stay on for a minute or so but um yeah for everyone who's listening and wants to get involved, like Mike said, just comment on this or or, or message those guys and uh, we'll we'll sort you out. thank you guys.